This is a sicha on Likute Sichais, Chelek Tesvav, 15th book of Likute Sichais, Parsha Lech Lecha, the second sicha. We've already spoken many times the fact that is explained Chasidus and he says about the difference between the learning of Torah, Ki Mitzvah, Fulmat Tzvizra As it says, our sages tell us, it's a Gemara, and Morin Yuma tells us that <coughs> Avraham Avinu, he was an elder Zokain, and he sat in yeshiva. And Avraham Avinu did the whole Torah before it was given. This is Gemara in Kiddushin. So we know that the Oves already, that our forefathers did learn Torah and did mitzvahs. Yitzchak and Yankev and the 12 tribes. And we know that we've spoken many times, says the Rebbe. It's brought many times in Chassidus and very extensively in the Rebbe's teachings. The difference between the fulfillment of the mitzvahs of the forefathers and the Shvatim and the Yidin after the giving of the Torah, the distinction between them. That even though in the Rebbe, one of the footnotes, just because uh, we're not long after the passing of Rabbi Yael Khan, one of the uh, Ha'ara, one, the Rebbe says, you can look to get a summation of all this in the Sefer Erkim Chabad, the book of, uh, like the Encyclopedia of Chabad, which was authored by the Biel Khan al in the first volume. There, there's a comprehensive overview of this concept, the difference between the way that the Ovis, the forefathers, learned Torah, and the way Torah was and is after Mount Torah, after the Torah was given at, at Mount Sinai. And so what's the general distinction? That since the learning of Torah, doing a mitzvah of our forefathers was before Mount Torah, before the Torah was given, before there was an instruction by Hashem to learn Torah and do mitzvahs. And that instruction came as a result and in the fashion that Hashem went down on Har Sinai, in other words, that we were instructed to learn Torah and do mitzvahs. Whereas before, the forefathers did it in a way that's called Einai Metzuvah they were not instructed and they yet fulfilled. So they had been doing the mitzvahs on their own initiative and with their own power. So therefore, they weren't be, the, the highest they would be able to reach was the level of the source of created beings. They couldn't reach to the level of Torah the way it is above the source of created beings. Even though the Rebbe brings an RF4 that Rashi says that by Noyach went, Hashem went with Noyach. He was constantly attached to him. Avraham went on his own initiative. But still we're talking about his initiative um, compared to Noyach. Yes, he went on his own power. But nonetheless... Um, nonetheless, he is still, is, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's on his own power. And, and that is not the case after the giving of the Torah, where we're powered by Hashem, Hashem instructs us, right? After giving the Torah, there's already instruction. So together with that instruction Hashem gives us, he gives the koyach, he gives the power he gives us the, the, the power that connects us, the Creator. He gives us the power to be able to reach the essence of Torah, the way it is higher than the world. Right? So very, uh, ex- an essential difference. Torah of, of the forefathers was given in a way that they had to reach the highest levels that they could reach, whereas at Har Sinai, Hashem comes down on the Mount of Sinai and He gives us the power and He connects us, the power to connect to Him higher than our source. That's why the Ramam says that in the way we fulfill mitzvahs, anything that we distance ourselves from today or any mitzvahs, anything that we do today is because Hashem commanded Meish Rabbeinu at Har Sinai and we were instructed not that Hashem, not because Hashem had told it to the prophets before. For example, the fact that we don't eat a a limb that's been cut off, a limb that's been cut off from a living animal, is not because Hashem said that Noyach can't eat it, but because Moshe Rabbeinu told us at Har Sinai that we're not allowed to have a, 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 the limb that's been cut off from a living creature. And that's why we do it, because Hashem told us at Sinai. Similarly, why do we um, do the mitzvah of Mila, of, of circumcision? Because Avraham Avinu, we don't do it because Avraham Avinu circumcised himself and his family, and we are of his descendants. No, we do it because Hashem commanded to Moshe Rabbeinu that he should be circumcised, that we should be circumcised just like Avraham Avinu circumcised himself. But Hashem commanded us to do like what Avraham did. We don't do it because Avraham did it. 
Similarly, the fact that we don't need the Gid Hanosha, the sinew, the forbidden vein in the uh, rear uh, leg of the animal, we don't eat it, not because Yankiva Vinu had a fight with the angel and that's why we don't eat it, but because Hashem told us by Sinai through Mahishan Abenu not to eat it because of Yaakov's fight with the angel and he uh, injured that, that vein, sciatic vein in the back of Yaakov's leg. That's why we don't eat it now in animals that we shecht. Because Moshe said, Hashem, in other words, said through Moshe, at Sinai, that this is a mitzvah. Why is that? Because Torah mitzvahs, the way that we're given in Matan Torah, they have the power of the Creator. And by doing a mitzvah that has the power of the Creator, the way it's given in Har Sinai, through that, the essence of Torah gets drawn down. Whereas before that, the Ovis were only able to reach, so to speak, standing on their tippy toes and reach their source and the highest level that's pertinent to their source. According to this, we can understand. According to this, we have to understand. Here's the question. Every Indian in Torah is, Torah means teaching, and it has to be a teaching for us. So everything has to be a teaching for us also in the Avoid of the Eden after Matan Torah. Well, now we're post Matan Torah. So what is the lesson for us in giving the great lengthy details of the stories of what happened to our forefathers, telling it to us in the written Torah and in the oral Torah, and in Chesidus, we have a lot of discussion about the esoteric meaning of what the uh, forefathers did. Why is it relevant? Why is it all there at such great lengths? Since what we're saying is that there's a, 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 an essential difference between the way we do Torah and the way they did Torah, why do we even have to learn about their observance to such great lengths? Whatever was, was. The Ramban in our Parsha explains, Rabbeinu, Moshe ben Nachman, known in English as Nachmanides, he explains that why is the Torah speak about the, the stories is, uh, at length? The journeys, and then we're going to talk about the digging of wells, and all the other things that took place with the forefathers. He said they all come to give us a teaching about the future. As the Medrash says, everything that took place with the forefathers is a sign, an indication, that it's going to happen with the kids. In other words, it's going to happen history, you know, the, the statement, history repeats itself. I guess this is the source for it. What happened to the forefathers, this is an indication of a pattern that's going to happen and unfold later by their descendants, by the Jewish people. As he, the Ramban explains, that um, when this thing will come to one of the prophets, the three forefathers were prophets, they will meditate on this and reflect and see what's going to happen later on and unfold in the later generations. They understand from the stories that's happening to them what's going to be the later history, the way it unfolds with their children. And um, we have to know, and here's some words, I would I'd love to look up that um, there's, there's, to these days there are books that give an English translation of Ramban, I didn't do that. So I'll read it in Hebrew and try and translate it. Let it be known, this is the words of Ramban, all the decrees of, uh, of above, when they come out of um, when they come they, when they come out from being decreed I'm sorry I don't understand the exact translation at any rate whatever happens uh, even in a way that it's um, uh, an example something something expressing itself in the physical world is later can unfold in, in, a, uh, in the same dimension, later points in history. And uh, the Ramban brings examples from the Nevi'im. The Nevi'im did physical things which were a catalyst, which were a, a vehicle through which um, things took place. But anyway, sorry, I didn't uh, look this up properly. So, the Ramban says basically that what, what's, what's happening in the, what's being told about the stories that we're being told about in the Torah are because that's an indication of the way things are going to happen with us later on. Just one quick example that comes to mind. When, um, when um, Yaakov later in a couple of parshas sends gifts to Esau and tries to make peace with him, the Ramban says we should have learned from that. And later on when the Jews tried to make a pact with Rome and uh, it didn't work out well, we already saw that trying to make a pact with Esau doesn't work. In other words, that's Correlation between things that took place, the obvious and things that took place. So we could say like this, and even more so about the Torah mitzvahs of the forefathers, as is explained at great length in Chassidus, that their Torah mitzvahs fulfilling was really a preparation and 
and asinas koyach, and giving us the uh, potential, the power, that there should be later an unfolding of a similar concept of the Torah mitzvahs, the way they are, given by Torah at Sinai. And that these mitzvahs that we do in the physical world should be rods that draw down, like lightning rods, that draw down Elikus, draw down godliness. However, this is not enough of a of response, of an explanation, because um, these stories are put into the Torah. The Torah is eternal. So we have to say that not just are the stories there as a preparation about what's going to happen later, but in other words, um, that these stories will tell us that after Mount Terra, we'll get the real instructions. They were already kind of there before. After Mount Terra, that's when the real action starts. But don't worry about the before Mount Terra. No, but if they're there in the Terra, that means that they're also, even that pre Mount Terra stage is also a, a lesson to us and relevant to us, even after Mount Terra. And here, if you go to the footnote, order 15, so the Rebbe says that really in, in the Pshat, Rashi has already explained why we need all the stories. Why? Because he says that, the, why does the Torah start with creation? Why doesn't it just start with the mitzvahs? He says, because when the God nations of the world will come, and they'll say, you guys are thieves, you went and stole Israel, You'll say, no, Hashem created the world, and there was an Avram, and a Yitzchak, and a Yaakov, and they were promised the land of Israel, and it's ours. In other words, why do we need all this information even now? Because it's still relevant when somebody comes and claims that you guys don't have a claim to the land. We give us, given the whole history. We need that whole history there. So first of all, the Rebbe points out two things. One, according to several commentaries of the Torah, the actual the question of Rashi is really about all the stories, not just about the story of creation. When you read the first Rashi of Bereshis, it looks like that story is the question Rashi tried to answer is only about creation. No, it's about all the stories. Two, and this is why I, uh, I focus on this, Rashi, the Rebbe says, according to this Teretz, according to the way Rashi an- answers, that um, Hashem wanted to give power to the people to show them what he did so that if, if non-Jews come and have a, a, a claim on Eretz Yisrael, we'll be able to refute them. This tells us, this Rashi is already giving us a, 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 a rule here that what it says in the Torah is relevant to all times. In other words, he asks, why do we have to know about creation? He says, because you, you're going to need it at all times. It's relevant at all times. And the Rebbe says here, sends here to a... Look at the Sikh Sikhelikai. So the uh this is the story with all the stories of the Torah. All the way to the last words of the Torah. Ramesha says what I did in the eyes of all Jews. That's all of them, all the stories of the Torah, all every aspect of the Torah contains within it the, the 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 message of relevance to all times. Just like the story of creation is relevant at all times, because we need it as a as a uh, as a disclaimer about our claim to the land of Eretz Yisrael. Rashi is really giving us already embedding within us the way we have to look at Torah. That all aspects of Torah, every aspect of Torah, to the last words of Torah, are all relevant at all times. So, if so, we come again to the question that Amban explained to us that there was that things that the, the things that happened with the forefathers in an encapsulated way later became unfolded and there were parallels in our history. But that's not enough to explain. So, but what do those stories tell us about now? Not just those stories tell us the origin of now. But how do they actually apply to us now? Gimel, there's a further question, not just about the story about the forefathers, the question about Golos Mitzrayim, about the whole sojourn, about the exile in Egypt. What is the intention, what is the hero, the teaching from the story of the Torah about the Golos Mitzrayim? Especially there's never going to be another exile like Egypt. The Maharal tells us that the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Exodus was something that is changed us intrinsically. And we can never be enslaved in such a way anymore. We are no longer slaves. We can never be enslaved. Our very essence is a free essence. So why do we have to know though about Golos Mitzrayim, about the about going about the details of the of the exile? And Lechayr, it's not enough to answer like the well-known Teretz that Al Rebbe brings, 
that the giving the, the Golos of Egypt, the exile in Egypt, was a preparation to getting the Torah. In other words, it was like the Kur HaBarzal, it was the, um, the fiery furnace, which like when you put metals into a fiery furnace, it creates a separation of the impurities from the actual metal. So this was also a, a, a firing up and which created a refinement within our people. Uh, the a refinement in the world, that the world should be able to be worthy to receive the Torah. The Rebbe says that's not enough of an answer because since it's also a part of Torah, we have to say that not just what came out of it is relevant to us today, that we were, the world became refined, the Jewish people became refined, and we went to get the Torah at Sinai, and that's what's relevant to us. No, even the actual experience of the exile of Egypt is also a relevant thing that has to teach us a, a, a lesson. What is it? So we obviously we know that the, what, when we talk about the, 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 what the Avais did, what the forefathers did, and about the exile in Egypt, um, they have to be relevant now, but they would be relevant as a preparation. Even when we're going to find relevance to them, as we're going to explain now at length, but we're going to find relevance to them as a preparation for our service of doing Torah mitzvahs, not a historical preparation, something that happened 4,000 years ago. But rather, it's within our daily lives, within our lives, there is a preparatory stage which, in which we correspond to the forefathers that did mitzvahs before the Torah was given and in which we find relevance to the Golas Mitzrayim, which we have to go through that similar kind of avodah, and it's a teaching, to get us to where we need to be in our own lives at a level of learning Torah the way it is given after Sinai. So all of these things are going to turn into into teaching the way we have to live our own lives. It's very exciting stuff. The explanation. The difference between the Aved of the forefathers and Aved of the Bnei Yisrael after the giving of the Torah in the fulfillment of Torah mitzvahs, there's a double difference. Both from the perspective of the person who's serving Hashem, there's a difference in the way they serve, before Mantar and after, and also there's a difference between the revelation that comes from above. When we talk about the Avais, the forefathers, so the revelation is through their, what gets revealed is through their Aveda, through their service, in a way from Matamila, from below, reaching upwards. In other words, they went through the motions and the Aveda and refined themselves and elevated themselves and therefore they became kalim, vehicles and receptacles to be able to draw down and receive the godly light that was drawn down through their service. Also the light that came down. So in other words, they were prepared and elevated and refined and became conducive to be able to receive that light and the light that came down. This was an oil, this was an energy that is commensurate with their Aveda, with their service. And that's why it came down in a revealed way. They were drawing down, preparing themselves to be worthy. What grew down was something that was able, that was relevant, that was reachable by them, so it got brought down in a, in a revealed way. However, when we talk about Torah mitzvahs of the Bnei Sol after giving them the Torah, so there isn't by every single person this kind of an elevation, this kind of a refinement like it was by the forefathers. Forefathers, we say, were at the level, they were a Merkava to, to godliness. They were like a chariot who's totally subjugated to the rider of the chariot. chariot. Like a car. You drive a car, the car has no will. The driver is what expresses itself through the car. Similarly, the others, they reach such a level of subliminal, a beetle to Hashem, they were just transparent. What They became a a vehicle through which Hashem's will was fulfilled. They didn't have any of their own yeshus, any of their own personal ego in existence. When we get when we talk about Yidin doing the Torah mitzvahs after Harsinai, so not everybody reached that level. On the other hand, through doing Torah mitzvahs, a light that's an energy that's higher than the world gets drawn down. And therefore, it's not in a revealed way. You understand? Because we don't elevate ourselves and, and refine ourselves to such a great degree. And at the, at the other hand, the light that's coming down is far higher than having a connection to the world. 
So therefore, it, it doesn't come down in a revealed way. We're not, <laughs> we're not material that can handle revelation, and the, the light that comes down is higher than revelation. And the reason for that is why. Because before Matan Torah, there was a gizera, there was a decree that the upper worlds, the famous words of the Medish, the upper worlds don't come down to the lower worlds, the lower worlds don't, come, don't elevate themselves to the upper worlds. There's a total uh, um, disconnect. Elikus, the levels of godliness that are higher than the world, can come down to be in the world in Tachtainim. However, after Matan Torah, that's when this decree was cancelled. And Hashem said, the lower worlds will come to the higher worlds, and the higher worlds will go to the lower worlds. Until we reach what, what happened in Matan Torah, is that the lower levels of creation, the created beings of the lower worlds, can become one and united with Hashem's Elikus, Hashem's energy that's higher than the world. However, by Matan Torah, this revelation was in a way that Hashem beamed that down from up to below. In other words, the lower worlds were still not a receptacle and conducive for this kind of revelation. And that's why it didn't come down and remain or it didn't come down and become revealed in the lower worlds. In other words, we know that the revelation in the lower worlds until it was just temporarily. And then it, it stopped. When the, uh, when the shofar was blown, then the Bnei Sol can go up on the mountain. In other words, that means that the Shekhinah has retracted, so to speak, in a revealed way. And now the mountain is just a mountain. Um, even though before that, anybody who touched the mountain would die because Hashem's presence was there. But then after the shofar was blown, anybody could go up on the mountain. And in order that a yid should be able to be a keli, should be able to be a vehicle to the revelation of the light of Matan Teda, which is higher the world, he has to refine himself and become a, a vehicle, become a, a conduit. That's through doing the service. That's through working. Through that, there becomes an eternal and revealed an eternal bond with the godliness that comes down through Teda Mitzvahs. As Rebbe quotes in Ha'ara 25, that the point of giving of the Torah is that through our Veda, through our work, our yesh, our, 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 our existence, our ego, should become nullified to the ayin, to the nothingness, so to speak, of Hashem, the source, our source of Hashem, and that will create and enable what didn't happen at Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah, because was initiated from above, so the below wasn't ready, it didn't, didn't work through the issues to become ready to get such a, a level of light. So it beamed down. And the purpose for beaming down that light is so now when we work at it, we can become worthy and, and to, to, to inculcate and to internalize that light. Hey, with this we'll understand how the Avid of Avram and the forefathers in general, in the way they did Teda Mitzvahs, we understand now why it's a part of Teda even now. It's an eternal lesson to all Jews at all times. Why? Because also after Matan Teda, in order that the revelation of Matan Teda should become revealed and unified with the Jew who learns Teda and does Mitzvahs. Like we said, when it just comes down from above, it, 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 we're not ready. We, we haven't prepared ourselves to be able to take it in. Oh, we need the preparation like the others. We need to also do that kind of preparation um, of Aveda that we do on our own side, just like the others did it on their own initiative. What does that mean? Same way that in order to prepare for the general preparation for Matan Torah, in order Hashem should come and reveal the level of Elikus in Torah that's higher than world, what had to happen historically there needed to be a bitol and shleimos. There needed to be a, a uh, the, the avoda in a complete way that the what whatever the creative beams can reach on their own. And through this, what our forefathers did, they were able to first of all, what they did is draw down the light that is commensurate with their work and therefore able to be revealed in the created being. And that's what the forefathers did. Only after that did they bring it was drawn down. What Hashem did from His side, a light in the world that's higher than the world. But this was precipitated, this was prepared for by the others who first, as I'm just going to use this language, stood on their tippy toes and reached as high as they could reach to draw down what was 
able to be drawn down at the highest levels that created being reach, and that was a preparatory step for then later Hashem to vayed it, Hashem al-Asina, Hashem comes down on the mountain of Sinai, and He draws down into the world a light that's higher than the world. Similarly, this is something we have to mimic. This is something we need in our own Avedah. In order that the light that's higher than creation, that gets drawn down in a way that's initiated from above, as we said earlier, in order that this should be able to become revealed and unified within us, within us, the Jew who learns to and does mitzvah. So first, what we need to have with ourselves is similar, a parallel like the Ovis. The absolute maximum that we can do from our own perspective, from our own side. And the absolute maximum that we can do to refine and subjugate our own metzias, our own egos. Because through that, we become worthy, we become receptacles that, through that, first of all, we do is we unite the Torah that's, that's um, in, in some, has some connection with creation, we become united with that. We reach the, the depth, the, 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 or the heights of what we can reach. And that makes us a keli. So we do our work as much as we can. We draw down the light, which is draw, draw, drawable, so to speak, which is drawing downable. And through that, we become a keli to get the hamshak, to get the drawing down. And the gili of the Torah of Hashem, the way it's given, the mountain Torah, which is totally higher than the world. This is similar. Here's some square brackets. This is similar to what it says. The Chazal tell us, always a person should occupy themselves in Torah mitzvahs, even though it's not for the sake of Torah mitzvahs. Because by learning, by learning and doing mitzvahs, not for the full proper reason, you come to doing it for the full proper reason. Now, this Seder, this order of doing things, the way the, the, the our sages told us, always, this should be the way of doing it. In other words, this seems to be not just this is a, 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 a you know, this is a, an allowance for somebody who can't get right away at the beginning of his service of Hashem, can't reach the level of lishma, doing it for the right reason. So, okay, we give you, you know, a, a, a track B. Try and do it, do it for ulterior motives or whatever they are, you know, trick yourself into doing it, convince yourself to do it. You know, like the Ramam says, for prizes, start off with kids by giving them prizes, and then, you know, and even, uh, you know, and even our, our, our even, um, you know, even as adults, we know there are certain things we can do, not for the full proper reason. If you can't reach that, of learning it for the proper reason, so you can do shalalishma. No, the chazal tells la'ilam. In other words, this is the way, this is the order, this, the, this is the sequence that one has to go through in order to reach proper lishma. Why? So this is what we're explaining. Because through learning Torah Shalei Lishma, even at the highest level of Shalei Lishma, by the way, what's the, one of the highest levels of Shalei Lishma? I just will tell you, say, tell you in one second. By learning in the highest levels of Shalei Lishma, the Jew becomes one with the level of Torah, not the way it is higher than world, but in the way that it has some relevance to the world. Because if the Torah is being learned for a particular reason, so he's reaching the level of Torah which has a relationship to the world. What's the reason? The very low levels of learning Shalai Lishma is, you know, uh, to Lishyar, to, 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 God forbid, that, that's, that's not even, we won't even talk about such a low level which is really a negative, um, you know, to show off or something. Well, Shalai Lishma could be even at its, at its uh, acceptable level to learn to know what to do. That's the first level of learning Torah. Yid learns Torah to know what to do, but that's also connected to what to do in the world. So it's not the highest level of learning Torah Lishma. It's only a preparation to the next level. What does it mean to learn Torah Lishma? It's a preparation that once you learn Torah in a way that you're learning it for some reason, uh, you know, ostensibly and hopefully to know what to do, but that's still connected with the world. Then you get to the level where you can learn Torah Lishma for the sake of the fact that it's the Torah of Hashem. That you, what's the purpose of learning Torah? That you connect yourself to Hashem through learning Torah. You connect yourself to Hashem the way He's higher than the world. In other words, you're not trying to learn Torah to know what to do in the world. You're trying to jump up and connect to Hashem who's higher than the world by you inculcating in Torah to yourself. You're jumping up and 
And this says the Rebbe in R30, in R31. This is the way Tanya explains it in the last, in the end of Perikei. Uh, uh, according to the Eitz Chaim, this is what it means, Lishma. You learn Torah, Lishma. What does it mean to learn Torah, Lishma, for its proper sake? In order to connect your Neshama to Hashem, to the highest levels of Hashem, the way Hashem is higher than the creation. This, by the way, is also called Adaita de Nafshe. Uh, you, you may be familiar with uh, sometimes the Rebbe would say a person has to learn something, Adaita de Nafshe. He has to learn it. What does it mean, Adaita de Nafshe? For himself, for his Nefesh. You see, you can be learning in order to know what to do. You can also be learning, for example, in order to have. <laughs> Like uh, if you're if you're uh, if you're a communicator of Torah, if you're a teacher of Torah, you can sometimes, or you you have givdroshes, you have mishul chabaras, you can be learning Torah in order to have what to say. But then there's learning Torah just for no other reason than adaita the just for your nefesh, in order to connect yourself with Torah that's higher in the world, with Hashem that's higher in the world, for no other for no other purpose. Anyway, so this is the end of the square brackets. I was basically saying so. There's don't throw away the stage. Even though it may not be the top, lishma is the top, but the Chazal tells Le'olam there is a there is a, a an order of sequence way which you have to go through to reach Hashem who's higher than the world. You first have to create a um, and it should be in a revealed way. First, you have to climb all the steps to get to the highest levels of revelation you can get from your side. Ah, one second. Even though says the Rebbe, Matan made a a chiddush, created a new reality. That whenever somebody learns Torah, he draws down, he connects to Hashem who's higher than the world. As Chazal tell us, every Talmud Torah that, cities, that sits and studies, Hashem studies corresponding to him, commensurate with him, and, and he's learning with him. So that's Hashem who's higher than the world. And similarly with mitzvahs, which by Matan, before Matan Torah this wasn't the case, whatever ever Ayid does the mitzvah, you're drawing down from higher than the world. So it doesn't matter if, if you've gone through the step. Right, every single Jew can right away jump to the level. Whenever you do a mitzvah, you're drawing down Hashem is higher than the world. However, the hamshach of the drawing down is in a way of helim. It's in a way of concealment. It's not revealed. If you want to reach the level that this should be drawn down in a revealed way and become one and unified with the, with the mitzvah, with the actual existence, the persona of the one who's learning, so then the person has to first reach the highest, completest levels of elevation and refinement of his mitzvahs, and he has to first unify himself with the Torah, the way Torah is connected to the world. Can't jump all the way to the top and get revelation. We all jump right away to the top right away, because after Matan Torah, we do a mitzvah and we learn Torah, we're connecting with the highest levels of El Yonim, the higher worlds, which before Matan Torah couldn't be. But in order, what's... What's the say that Hashem wants from us? That we should reach, elevate, refine, and connect to the deepest levels we can in a revealed way. And then we, we, we draw down the higher levels and then we can get them in a revealed way as well. Vav. Similar to this, we also see in the way every Yid learns Torah. Here's a fascinating discussion. When you start learning with a five-year-old, the Pesukim of Torah. In other words, the Rebbe is showing us that this is built in to the way we, the way we, the way we learn. This concept of going through the levels of first transiting through levels of what you can understand before emerging at a higher place where you're touching, so to speak, the divine, which is higher than the world. When we start learning with a five-year-old, the Pesukim of Torah speaks about the Hashem, in, in, in corporeal language, in language that we use for humans. Yad HaGadayla, the great hand of Hashem who took the Jews out of Egypt. Yad HaChazaka, the mighty hand of Hashem, also related to going out of Egypt. So how does the Malamed, the teacher, translate it? He says, the great hand, the big hand, the stark hand, the strong hand of, the, of Hashem. However much you'll explain to the child and try and uh, remove it from its corporeality. That when you talk about Hashem, the great hand, the strong hand, it's not a really a hand, it's not a physical hand, it's a concept, it's, just, you know, it's like the power like a hand. It doesn't matter, the kid is still conjures up the image in his mind of a hand, of a physical hand. He understands it. There's the hand of the Malamed, and Hashem's hand is much bigger. He's a child. Since this is a, a stira, this happens to be in direct contradiction to 
the main foundations of our faith. Our faith is built on Ein Loi Guf. It's one of the 13 principles of faith. He doesn't have a body. And not the appearance of a body. So how are you going to learn with a kid these words? A kid or somebody who doesn't yet have the capacity to understand that this is not talking about corporeal hand. So how are you going to learn with him? So the Rebbe says, Article 33, this is obviously... This does not negate what the Rambam says, that if you actually think Hashem's hand is a hand, you're a heretic. I was saying, for those that are able to understand the esoteric, and what it really means, if you go and bring it back into the corporeal understanding, then you got it wrong. But with a child, that's the only level they can understand. And we do learn Torah, right? With, um, with a child. And this is the way Torah tells us to do it. Tells us to learn first with a child the pshat, of Torah, and then you learn the hints and the allegory, and then the secrets of Torah, where we understand that that the hand is really a reference to midas, to the so to speak, the, the the emotive attributes, and so on. So, how do we learn with a child Torah when all he can understand? He's going to have to go through that level of relating hand of Hashem to corporate corporeality. So, the explanation is, by the way, I refer to Article Thirty Three. There's a uh, fantastic discussion going on here in the Ha'ara and in the star Ha'ara, down under the Ha'ara, which I'm not going to enter into now, but it's uh, for those of you who are um, familiar with the concept of Tzimtzum Kipshutai, um, this is a fascinating, uh, from what I understand, a big Chiddush that appears in the Torah of the Rebbe, uh, and so on, which is... Uh, which you should uh, peruse, and, and uh, if you haven't seen it before, you will uh, you'll be opened up to to a very deep and beautiful concept. At any rate, go back to uh, to our point, Zion. So, what is the explanation? How are we explaining learning with a child about the hand of Hashem when we know he's going to understand it in a corporeal way? So, the explanation is at least bekitzes as in, in a brief way, as we spoke already many times. When you learn with a child, the simple meaning of the Pasuk, and he, when he hears Hashem's great hand and strong hand, he understands in his mind the image of a corporeal hand, but a bigger and stronger one than the one he's able to comprehend. It's not, it's actually not the opposite of the truth. Because also the kid understands that when, even when he's talking about the hand, the, the hand he's most scared of is the hand of the, his teacher. Even when you talk about the hand of his teacher, so what is a hand? Why does a hand have the power and potential that it has? It's not because of the physical flesh and bones, and, and uh, right? What is it? It's because there's a vitality in there. He doesn't know what it is, what the neshama is, what the vitality, the energizing life in the hand is, but he knows it's, there's something behind it. And the Malamad also doesn't know exactly what it is. But he knows that it's something that comes from Hashem. So the Mela, the kid, even if he's conjuring up a, a, a corporeal hand, when we talk about the great hand of Hashem and the strong hand, mighty hand of Hashem, and all other kind of corporeal uh, bodily terms that we use, so to speak, to describe things that Hashem is doing. So it's obviously not because of the physicality, the great physical quantity that Hashem has a huge hand, much bigger than his Malamed's hand. No, but it's got to do with the spiritual energy and power of Hashem, which is in the hand, so to speak. So he sees a hand in his mind, perhaps, but he understands, even his Malamed's hand is not a hand. He knows it's what the hand can do. It's what the energy behind the hand, it's an Hashem behind that. In other words, what this tells us is that every concept of Teda, that a, a youngster, a cotton, somebody who's young in, in age and young in comprehensive abilities, learns whatever he learns, Kipshute, in the literal sense, it is Teda's Emes. It's not like we have to learn with a five-year-old, not Emes, and then when he gets old, he'll learn the Emes. It's Teda's Emes, it's a Teda of Hashem. However, because his knowledge is a, is a, is a limited knowledge, and he's understanding it the way it is understandable to a five-year-old, the story of the Torah, the way it's understandable to a five-year-old. Later he'll come, Torah will bring him later, that's the Seder al he's going to come to understanding like a 10-year-old who learns Mishnah, and then like a 15-year-old who learns Gemara. And he will learn that really, truthfully, Hashem is totally, um, Hashem is totally unrelated to physicality. Un unrelated totally with you. And he'll understand later the way it is according to the Seder, the secrets of Torah. And that's the way it is by everybody who learns Torah. First you have to learn Torah the way it is, as the Alter Rebbe says, in according to the source of the person's soul. And the way that it resonates within the person, the way that he's attracted to it, it speaks to him. 
So there's a relationship with a person, with a Metzius. That limit is like the limit of the Ovis, that the Ovis, the forefathers learned according to what they, their expression of getting closer to Hashem. And that's Torah the way it is, with some relationship to the creation. Once you have the completion and the fulfillment of reaching the levels of Torah the way it is in relationship to creation, then the person can come to the high levels of learning Torah the way that the Torah is higher than the creation and higher than the way it was given. Uh, and he can reach the levels of Torah the way it was given at Sinai from Hashem's perspective. Ches. The reason why we have to first have this, even now after Torah was given at Sinai, we still need to have the preparation of the Avedah of the forefathers. In other words, what did we say that the Avedah of the forefathers is? To achieve, right, through the Avedah of ourselves. To achieve the totality and the completion of what we can achieve in our own Metzias, through our own existence. In other words, to connect to Elikus and to Torah the way they are related to creation. This is, why does this need to be done in order to be a hachana to the revelation of Torah, preparation to the, to the revelation of Torah the way it was given at Sinai? Torah that's higher than creation. It's not just because of the preparation that the person needs. It's also from the perspective of Torah itself, this is the seder that has to be. Because the seder, the way the light and energy that's higher than creation comes down into creation is, and in a way, we're talking in a way that it should come down and be united and become uh, um, assimilated within creation. It's not in a way that it's right away the ain't self, the unlimitedness of it is drawn down into creation. First, there's a ha'ara, first there's a shine of this light, a contracted light. It comes, when that gets enclosed within creation, then afterwards, when that gets embedded, when that gets received properly, then the etzema, or then the essence of the light can be revealed. The Rebbe says, to point out from L'chadaydi, Tafresh Peites, the Maimra of L'chadaydi that the previous Rebbe said by the Rebbe's Chasana, that whenever there's a relation between a mashpi and a makabal, there's first a, a chitzenius, there's first an external relationship from the mashpia to the makabal. When that is accepted by the Meqabal, then the process is that the Meqabal then um, elicits from the Mashpia, then there's a Yichud Pnimi. So in other words, it comes down in stages. First the Ha'ara, first the Shine, and then when that is absorbed, then comes down the Etzim, the essence of the light. And that's the way it is in the Torah, also that's higher than creation. Before the giving of the Torah of Hashem in Matan Torah, which is totally Be'ein Aleich, without any connection to creation, totally higher than creation, First, there's a shine of this through the forefathers. The Torah that's relatable and connected to the creation. That's what they were doing. They were connecting to that shine of Torah. Then, that was a preparatory step later, Hashem gave the Torah to the Eden. This is happening now in a microcosmic way by all of us. After Matan Torah. Before a Jew can have the revelation of the Hashem's of of the Torah of Hashem, the way it is higher than creation, first needs to be nimshach and gala First needs to be created and revealed, drawn down and revealed the level of Torah that has a relationship to creation, and after that can be revealed within him the Torah that's higher than creation. Just like the way we learn in the four aspects of Torah, Pardes, Pardes means an orchard, but it makes up an acronym of Pshat. Simple meaning, remez, allegory, drush, midrashik, sod, secret. So those four levels of teda, one becomes drawn down from the other. Pshat is drawn down from remez, remez drawn down from drush, and drush is drawn down from sod. So there's a, there's a, there's a hierarchy. And so the similarly, I'm not 100% sure about this last... Uh, this hierarchy of Pardis. Um, I was thinking the other way. Okay, sorry. I'm not sure this is about this. Tess. However, this, this process we spoke about, about climbing up to the highest you can and then 
that being a catalyst to draw down the Torah that's higher than creation is still not enough. Why? Because you also need to have Golos Mitzrayim in the interim. What the Ovis did was enough. They, you went through Golos Mitzrayim. What's Golos Mitzrayim? Just like it was the first time. Why? The reason for this we can say, since the Torah that was given at Sinai is totally higher than creation. So it's a not sufficient, the fact that they created being through his Aveda reaches to his completion. And he becomes united with the Torah the way it is relative to creation. Because that's not enough. As far as he's climbed, the created being is infinitely removed from the creator. So as close as he's gotten, he hasn't gotten closer. And therefore, there also has to be a total change in the created being. What kind of a shinui? Golos Mitzrayim represents that change. Through that can become revealed within him the Torah of Hashem. What was Golos Mitzrayim? The exile of Egypt was a physical exile, but what, it, what did it express itself? with bricks and mortar, and with all um, all the work in the field, which they made them do avedas parech, backbreaking work, literally. Assuming to see what does it mean? What does it mean if you want to transmit that? Trans- talk about learning Torah in a way of this notion. So the Zayar says that chaymer refers to Kalvachimer. Kalvachimer is one of the ways of extrapolating something in Torah. How much more so? If, if even this is this, then how much more so this? That's Kalvachimer. Bilbeinim refers to Libon Hilchasa, white, whitening a halach, in other words, coming, um, going through a halach until you get to the uh, clarification, the whiteness, the clarification of figuring out what the halach is. And in general, when we talk about hard work, what is hard work? Hard work, backbreaking work, is when you give somebody work that's totally un- unsuitable for him. Which Chazal tells us is like giving work that's meant for women, giving it to men. It's not just the hardness of the work, it's just the total unsuitability of it makes it back, particularly uh, uh, backbreaking. Because it's totally, it's a total change from the, uh, from the, from the habits and the thing that a person's used to. So Dafka, so this is what we're saying is the preparation for the reaching the Torah higher than creation. Through the work and toiling in a way that's opposite from his own nature, that creates the bitl, the nullification, and the refinement of his own ego, his own mitzias, in order to become now relevant and, 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 and prepared to have the Torah of Hashem revealed in him. The Torah of Hashem is higher than world. So as high as he'll jump in world, he's still so removed from Hashem as higher than world. When he breaks down that 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 that, that mitzvah of himself, that uh, you know, that existence of himself, by breaking himself and doing things that are out of his comfort zone, so to speak, toiling, and and doing things that would be considered backbreaking because they're beyond his usual scope of of, of behavior. Then now, by breaking that, um, by breaking that previous existence, he now becomes opened up to be able to have the revelation of Hashem the way He is, the Torah the way it is, higher than creation. Yud. According to this, we can explain a a a story that's a, a story that arouses amazement and wonder, needs explanation. Story with the Rebbe Tzemach Tzedek. When the Tzemach Tzedek was young, so his grandfather, the Alter Rebbe, called him in. He says he wants to give him a bracha. He wants to give him aspects of Torah as a gift. Tzemach Tzedek says, no, he doesn't want it. He says the reason is because Torah, he wants to achieve Torah through toil. Through his own toil. If he's going to get it from a bracha from his grandfather, he's going to be like a gift. Several years later, when, so to speak, he added chachma unto his chachma, Tzemach Tzedek said, ah, he's uh, disappointed why he didn't take that uh, that offer of the Alter Rebbe? Why? Because however many great Torah things the Alter Rebbe would have given him as a gift, he still would have been able to further toil on higher things because Torah is without any uh, limitations. Just ain't so. It keeps going. So whatever he would have gotten as a gift, he could have then toiled and reached higher levels. So we could ask about this question. What, what was the Tzemach Tzedek thinking in the beginning and the other? What was he thinking? In other words, it's, it's very hard to say that 
being at the stage where the Alter Rebbe wants to give him a gift of Torah. He didn't understand that Torah is unlimited and whatever he gets as a gift to be able to achieve more after that. Like, <laughs> we can understand it now. He obviously knew it when the Alter Rebbe was offering him as a gift. So we can say the explanation is like this. That someone said he didn't have any, uh, he didn't regret the fact that previously he didn't want to take the inyanim of Torah as a gift. What the Altarebbe was saying is that according to his current state, then when the Altarebbe wanted to give it to him, he felt that he still needs to climb the ladder of toil in Torah in order to be worthy to get the level of gift of Torah. He said he wasn't a, a, a he wasn't a receptacle. He wasn't ready to get that gift that the Alter Rebbe wanted to give him. However, after he achieved the level of toil and Torah, where he reached a higher level, now he felt like he was taka a keli. He's taka a, a vessel to be able to get the level of gift of Torah. And he should have a revelation of Torah higher than his current level of yigiyah of toil. So we could say that this preparation of needing to toil in Torah before getting the gift, before getting the higher level of Torah, this is what the story of the exile of Egypt teaches us as being a preparation for giving them a Torah. And this is relevant now also. So to sum it up, we've gotten a, a, an, an amazing look at how what the, uh, with all the fantastic gift of the giving of the Torah that Hashem gave us at Harsinai, there is much importance in learning about what the Oves did on their own initiative. Because that's a preparation what we, that teaches us what we need to do on our own initiative to make the Torah that's relevant, that we can achieve, that we can get part of us. And this opens us up to be able to receive the higher levels of Torah. And in order to really do that, we have to be prepared to go into Egypt, which in this case means to toil, to persevere, to do things that are out of our comfort zone. So that's a tall order. All the best.